what is your plan? Because you can't wing it. I winged it for years and I, you know, I was moving like a snail. Once I figured out what I wanted and I stuck to my plan, then I was able to move forward. Who do I got to call? Who do I have to email? Who do I have to meet? How many new headshots do I have to get? I got to get in the horn with my agent and just stop. I'm not going to wait for them to make to call me. I'm going to call you. What do you got for me today? And if they don't like that, well, screw them. Get a new agent. Hey everyone, it's AJ. I'm back and you're listening to Inside Acting, a podcast dedicated to demystifying the inner and outer game of success in the entertainment industry. <laughs> Sorry, I got so used to our old uh, structure that I realized you already said your name. Uh, hi everybody, I'm Trevor, I'm present, and it's episode 260, the third and final part of our decidedly awesome Encore interview series with P90X creator Tony Horton. I love this man. In part three, Tony shares the finer points of his success philosophy, including why you should embrace working for free. He makes a compelling case for it, guys. Uh, the empowering truth about your agent, hint, they're not God. Uh, why the most important thing you could possibly do for your continued success is to surround yourself with kick-ass people. We all knew that, but the way Tony puts it is pretty inspiring. And why asking for exactly what you want, including help, including support, is the only way to fly. Support for this episode of Inside Acting comes from Rehearsal Pro, the next version of Rehearsal, the essential app for actors. And it's now available on the iTunes App Store if you want to learn your lines, be off book for your auditions, explore your character, make stronger choices, and do a whole lot more. Go to rehearsal.pro slash IAP right now to learn all about the great new features and the newest version of Rehearsal, the groundbreaking app designed by actors for actors. That's rehearsal.pro slash IAP. Hello, Ajmajir. Ajmajir. Yes, Ajmajir, hello. As Siri calls you. So, uh, it's been a little while since we've had you on the show. I know that there's been a lot kind of going on in your world, uh, personally, but also professionally. Um, tell us what's up. Um, yeah, man. I uh, <clears throat> It's just been like one blow after another. If, if you can't hear... Uh, in my voice, listeners, long-time listeners, I am sick. I'm, I, I have some kind of cold of some kind. I thought I had a sinus infection for a while, but I think it's just a cold. And uh, it is it is a physical, legitimate physical manifestation of what's going on inside of me. Um, I am <clears throat> I am battling many external and internal demons right now, and it is uh, it has manifested itself like this. Um, we can talk a little bit more about this when we get to my pick of the week, which I have found incredibly supportive and would recommend to all of our listeners. But uh, <clears throat> there have been a few bright spots in this uh, in this darkness. A um, few auditions. Went back to the uh, Young and the Restless casting room, which was great. Um, had a pilot audition. And probably the most fun thing was I did a, uh, a table reading of a feature film, a, a screenplay that uh, some writer producer friends of mine are, are trying to sell in January. And these are <clears throat> these are people who work. You know, they were on um, all three of them wrote for It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And while they were writing for that, they got um, basically kind of bored. I probably shouldn't tell this story because they'll get mad at me, but they kind of got a little bored and they would sneak off and, 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 and basically write this screenplay together. And it's really funny. Uh, they brought it into Howie Gold's workshop and then we just stayed in touch because, um, they liked my take on a couple of the characters and wanted me to come in and, and, um, and be a part of this reading. So it was a table, a long table full of actors in this room, um, <clears throat> like an event room and in like a hotel. Um, and it was packed. There was probably like 75 people there. 
all like you know uh, other writers, producers, um, their friends. Bob Odenkirk was in the um, audience, which was really awesome. Um, so yeah, it was really it was just it was just like a really cool vibe and and so much fun and the the the, the screenplay is really funny. So a lot of people were laughing and then it felt it just felt like being on stage when it came to my when my scenes came up <clears throat> and I was doing my lines. It was like. You know, I was making people laugh, and that always feels good as an actor who enjoys comedy and enjoys this work. It's like, oh, I know what I'm doing, and I got some, I got some really great feedback to that effect um, afterwards when they were like, oh my gosh, like you know, you you not only you, like what did he say? Like, do you have any idea how rare it is to have a trained actor who has comedic timing? Like, that's so rare. Like, it shouldn't be rare, but it is. It's more rare than you'd think, and. Um, I don't consider myself like a comedy person, but uh, <clears throat> he was saying, you know, there's a rhythm and a musicality to it that you get. And I was like, ah, there it is. I did musical theater. <laughs> I do musical theater. That's my in. That's my in. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to stop talking because I'm going to start coughing. That's very cool, man. So you're, you're, you're really, um, not only is your work improving and becoming more specific, but you're also really developing and cultivating these relationships in the industry that allow you to take your increasingly specific work and present it in increasingly specific contexts, which is really Ooh, cool. And you yeah. know, what's, what's interesting about that is that's something that you can't, you can't fake, you can't shortcut that, you know, that is only the product of sustained effort over many, many years in this industry. Yeah. And I feel like if there's one thing yeah. we, we could impart with this podcast, it's that, that there, you know, there's a lot of schools out there, uh, you know, online things and, you know, they, they promise to sort of, you know, sh uh, supercharge your career and, and, you know, like bullet train you from zero to hero in the span of, you know, insert, insert like super short amount of time here. And that does happen. And I do think there's a lot of value to those things, but there's, there's just no, uh, replacement. There's no way that you can get around sustained effort over time, being kind, working hard and, and showing up. And that's what you're doing. And that's what, everybody i think that we know um that's kind of still at this is doing i love it i i also just want to add one <clears throat> additional thing too is and i think this is coming from all the personal stuff i'm going through right now there's a um there's a there's a an authenticity or an ease or a, an honesty that's a really good word for it like an honesty to knowing like who the, the people are that you vibe with Mm -hmm. And I got I got a call I got a call back for a, <clears throat> a musical that um, is happening at La Jolla that's probably an out of town tryout for a for a Broadway run and I and um, and then I had this pilot audition and um, this this table read and and the Young and the Restless audition and all these things all these people I, I like you said I have these relationships with but I also feel like I vibe with them so like when I went on for the pilot audition <clears throat> I didn't think the part was right for me. <laughs> And I, and I, I was like, you know, this is usually a death knell in a, in a CD office. And they're like, no, whatever, say it. And I was like, I don't really feel like this is right for me. And they were like, you can always pass. And I was like, no, 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 I can act it. I just feel like the type is, is not right. And they were like, totally get it. And like that kind of relationship, having that candid, a conversation in a casting director's office or, or with these, you know, screenwriters or with my friend, who's the casting director for, or this woman I met for the very first time who was doing this, um, this musical at La Jolla there's an honesty to to whether or not you actually vibe <clears throat> with the person like you can you can cultivate a relationship but if you don't feel like you get along with that person like there's offices I go into and I'm like man I don't I don't feel like I vibe with these people and I keep going in because I'm like mm, hopefully someday right but I just don't feel like I get along with them or whatever um, <clears throat> and then there's offices where you know I walk in and they're like hey good to see you again and like, oh, man, thank you again for bringing me in. I love that we keep trying, blah, blah, blah. You know, uh, that's sort of what happened in the, the whole NCIS office, you know. And, and, and I guess what I'm saying is, <clears throat> in addition to what you just said, Trev, there's no use in, like, <laughs> lying to ourselves that, like, oh, this is going great. <laughs> you know, this is, this is a great relationship because they keep calling me in. You know, they may keep calling you in, but it's not necessarily – you may not, you still may not vibe with that person. Yeah. Hence, hence calling them meetings instead of auditions. But yeah. Anyway. And you know, that brings up something too. I mean, we've, we've done a lot of, uh, I guess you would call it emotional intelligence work, you and I, and, and many people 
in our circle. Uh, that's kind of how we all connected, many of us. Um, and, and I feel like there there is a lot to be said for intuitively understanding, and this is something that you've done more work on than I have, uh, professionally at least, in like a trained setting, but, uh, but knowing how to communicate with different types of people. You know, getting that there are different personalities and different come-froms and different sort of psychological, uh, you know, for lack of a better description, psychological, um, I don't know, frames, I guess, that, that run people's lives and um, shifting your your communication style to, to sort of better complement them, uh, which is a subtle way of sort of leading the conversation. So there, there is that aspect, and I think that it's a highly undervalued and underrepresented and underappreciated skill set in, in our world today. So there's that, but at the same time, you've also got to ha- make a judgment call with some of these relationships and knowing when it's just like, it's just not going to serve you. You know, like clearly the vibe, d- despite my shifting my communication style as much as possible, sometimes it's just not going to work. And I, I'm thinking of somebody specific in my life. Um, <laughs> They, uh, perhaps you, and by you, I mean anybody listening, perhaps you guys know the type. Uh, Julia Cameron might call them crazy makers. These are people that just constantly have drama in their lives. They've constantly got some big issue or some big problem to report on. And when you ask them what's up, it's always some negative thing. And they're, they're criticizing somebody. They love to cast bad guys in their lives. And I, I know someone like this, and very recently I, I had a, an experience with them where I just had to like flat out tell them, and I I, I, I kind of feel like a jerk about it, but I kind of don't too, because I'm glad of the outcome. <laughs> I had to tell them, I said, look, your negativity is something I really just don't want to be around. I'm sorry. Wow. And, you, uh, and this person got, uh, you know, I, I suppose understandably offended, and they you know, kind of very rudely turned their back and walked away. And then, uh, they were subscriber to my, my newsletter and they unsubscribed last night. Um, and I, you know, part of me is, is kind of like, Oh man, you know, I I really upset that person. I really should go make it right. And the other part of me is like, good riddance. You know, right? like I have tried so hard to like enjoy myself around this person and it never works. And so now it's like, I've just been honest with them and like it worked itself out. <laughs> like they weren't meant to be part of my tribe and amen moving on. So, so there is that aspect as well. So when you say vibing with people, I think that's something to take into consideration. There's, there's a lot that we can do to become ease makers in other people's lives. But then there's a point at which we've just got to be like, look, <laughs> You, you're not like feeding me and my vision of the world at all in any way, shape or form. And, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to surround myself with, with that energy. And so, you know, good luck. You don't have to wish them ill or anything, but you can say not for me and move on. Yeah. And yeah. I think that, I think that goes professionally. I think that there may be casting offices that you walk into or professional relationships that you have where you may need to maybe not put it the way that I put it. Uh, with this person recently, but, but maybe find a way to sort of sever that relationship if it's toxic, even if it results in fewer employment opportunities for you as a working artist. I don't know if you've had any experiences like that, AJ, or anybody listening, but if, if you have, I'd love to hear about them and how they went. I, I haven't had many, but I had one recently, I think I told you, where I, I left an audition and I immediately emailed my manager and I said, never send me out for anything. This person is casting ever again. Wow. Did you uh, tell this story on the show? I, I did. I did. It was, um, <clears throat> it was a couple of months ago. Um, and, uh, you know, it was just the, it was just the unprofessionalism of the, of the entire experience. Um, I didn't feel like she took her job seriously and I didn't feel like she respected actors. And I'm like, why would I subject myself to, to that? You know what I mean? Um, and there was also this moment of like feeling um, kind of, uh, I don't know, <clears throat> I don't, uh, pity is not a really supportive t- emotion, right? So uh, it was just sort of like feeling bad, I guess, for actors who don't necessarily have um, the buffer of representation. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and therefore end up on those kinds of auditions. Yeah. They're, a bit, they're than, a bit more at the mercy of, of, those relationships. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. 
Well, anyway, deep rabbit hole, but I, I, I don't want to skip out on our catch-up without first uh, acknowledging some of your big uh, wins and some of the stuff you have going on right now and coming up, um, because I uh, I know about several of these things, and I, I was really excited when I got a chance to experience them. So uh, you want to talk about a couple of these? Sure. I mean, for I think a lot of our listeners probably saw this, but I had the the, the honor and joy and fortune and fun of uh, voicing a, a quick web spot for Mercedes-Benz of Long Beach. This comes from a production company that I've worked with in the past, um, and they um, they reached out to me after probably a year of, of me just not con- connecting with them. And a big part of that's on me. I didn't follow up with them and just say like, hey, you know, what do you guys need? <laughs> I think that there's a lot to be said for just reaching out to somebody, your contact, and just saying like, hey, you know, what's up? What, what are you guys working on? Is there anything I can help you with? Um, and there's nothing self-promotion-y about that at all, I don't think, especially if you're not, you know, you don't just stick them on a newsletter list where you just talk about your acting stuff. You, you reach out individually and just say, thinking of you guys, wonder what you're working on, how I can help. Just wanted to touch base. So I didn't do that. But anyway, they got in touch with me, and um, I voiced a 25-second web spot for Mercedes-Benz of Long Beach. Uh, yeah, voiceover spot, Which was pretty cool. It was so quick and easy, and I've never been more happy to be part of the union just because of the rates, man. The rates are great. And, you know, I, oh, yeah. I, I felt – I have to admit, I experienced a slight moment of guilt – when I realized that the the rate for the work I was doing was like uh, like ridiculously skewed in my favor, like if you look at it from a time investment point of view for the actual session, I got paid hundreds and hundreds of dollars per hour. Uh, but if you look at it from a term from the this is how I sort of talked myself out of that and just learn to own my self-worth again. But if you look at it from the, 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 uh, the perspective of not only being a union member and all the you know dues that come along with that, because it's not cheap to join the union, but also all the training and the hours and the work that you put in and owning that, exactly. owning that the skill set that you bring is not something that everybody can do. When you really look at it from take, take, take that all in, I really uh, was able to own this this number that I was a little bit uncomfortable throwing out there is my quote. So I, I had to do a little bit of uh, mental gymnastics to, to sort of be at peace with that. But in the end, uh, I'm really pleased with the results. Um, I, I think they got a great value out of it because you got to realize, you know, this is also a it, – it's an exchange. It's a business exchange, right? So there's value for, for both parties. And so really that's what it comes down to. So there's that. That was fun. Um, I'm working on a couple audiobooks that are going really well. I've just in crunch time for those. I want to get as much of those done uh, before the holidays as possible. But it's been great to just be on the mic consistently every single day for a few hours working. Yeah, man. Uh, and then lastly, to round it out, I've, I'm leading my final uh, VO to go go intensive of the year this coming Sunday, the 18th. And this is a annual review of your business art and craft uh, when it comes to voiceover. So um, we're going to take a look at all the different sort of loose ends that may have accrued over the years uh, running your voiceover business. And if you are considering coming to this class and haven't been to any of the others, this is actually a really good one to start with um, because then you get to sort of get a, a general overview of what is, what we cover um, throughout the next year. Because in January, we're going to start off a brand new curriculum, starting from like day one, getting started with, with no background whatsoever, all the way through to the end of the year where you're going to be hopefully, you know, represented by an agent, uh, booking consistently with jobs, you know, uh, part of the union, all that fun stuff. That's really what we take you through. So uh, come join me on Sunday the 18th. Details and registration at vo2gogo.com slash Hollywood. So, uh, spe- yeah, speaking of vo2gogo. Uh, uh, yeah, I was like, this is a great segue. It's a great segue to, uh, to, to share, spread some love for our sponsor. So, uh, award-winning voiceover training system. Winner of Backstage's Reader's Choice Award for Best Voiceover Training four years in a row. Visit vo2gogo.com slash start for a free getting started in voiceover online class that'll help you add voiceover to your acting portfolio. Pretty cool, pretty sweet, pretty free to get started. That's vo, the number two, gogo.com slash start. And we have a, a question for you, AJ, on this episode that we want to quickly address before our third uh, and final part with Tony. 
So, a, uh, I'm sorry, AJ, that's you. Robert writes in and he uh, he says uh, he wants to know what happened to AJ's agent before AJ left Los Angeles to go to New York to do Heather's. Why did the relationship with your agent dissolve, if it dissolved? And did uh, did they not want you to take the Heather's gig or was it coming to an end regardless? Uh, it sounds like the current relationship with Headline is working out well. He hopes to meet with them someday. So so I guess this is really sort of a, a request for a status update on your representation and a little bit of history when it comes to that that time. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I can actually make this pretty simple. Um, so we don't have to spend a lot of time on it. First of all, uh, Headline is fantastic. They've been they've been great. They're a boutique agency that has worked their tail off uh, for me. Um, they are submitting me for stuff not only in New York, uh, where I'm um, putting myself on tape, uh, but they're also submitting me for stuff here in Los Angeles while I <clears throat> grab a couple more credits um, in order to secure uh, a, a slightly better L.A. agent. Or I might just go back to New York. Uh, who knows? But um, everything is in <laughs> everything because so much is in flux in my personal life. Everything is on the on the table for my professional life as well, um, including, you know, <clears throat> potentially having a come to Jesus conversation with my manager. But. That's a story from another time. So anyway, uh, the uh, moving to New York thing. So the time – this was just timing, timing, timing is everything. There, I was not being represented by Stone Manor Salners. I was being hip-pocketed by them, so I did not – I was not under contract. And I, I was getting some traction, and they're a really fantastic agency here in town. They don't like taking chances on, on new talent because of the people who are in charge there. So I was really grateful to be – Hip-pocketed by them or freelancing, as um, you might call it in other markets besides Los Angeles on the East Coast and stuff. Uh, my manager would submit me for auditions, and if she couldn't make it happen, she would put in a phone call to them. They would make one phone call, and I would have the appointment. I mean, they have that kind of clout. So it's great to have them in my corner, but I really had one and a half people, one and a half agents who were in my corner there. Um, <clears throat> one guy who was like my champion – Another guy who was coming around, who was one of the partners, and another guy who went from being a, 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 an assistant to being a junior agent. So say like two, but one and two halves, so to speak. So um, the day I booked Heather's, literally the day I booked Heather's, my manager called over there to let them know. And then she called me back and said, are you sitting down? And I said, Why? And she said, so-and-so, the person who was my champion there, had just been fired not an hour before. He, he, was, he was relieved of his duties at the agency. So I was like, holy crap. <clears throat> and uh, what was probably uh, a reminder of my existence to the, the decision makers, oh, right, that guy. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not going to we're not going to sign him and we're not going to work with him anymore. Right? It was sort of this thing of like, hey, he just booked this thing. Oh, he booked ensemble and a musical in New York. They probably looked down their noses at me. And uh and that was that. They were like not interested in. So it was sort of it honestly was was part of the decision to go. Was like, well, now I don't have representation here in L.A. or you know, agents here in L.A. I've got this cool opportunity to go explore the New York market. I might as well take it. That's a long story short. Um, so, yeah, that's okay. how that happened. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, um, cool. Um, hope that helps, Robert. I was just going to say, Robert, if you have any questions, I mean, that's like – I don't know what the lesson is there necessarily – so if you have questions, follow-up questions, please uh, let me know. Let us know. Uh, happy to continue. You know, I'm an open book. Uh, happy to continue talking about it. The the relationship between actors or artists and agents is always such an interesting one to me because you hear uh, about you know these relationships where there's like you know major power differences and and uh, um, a relationship that's sort of skewed in that sort of unhealthy way. Then you have relationships where it's like the agent and the artist are best friends and they get dinner together and. And they love working together and they, you know, go to each other's, you know, baby showers and stuff like that. 
So it's always a, it's always a trip. But I think that uh, you know, and Tony talks about this in part three of the interview coming up in a second. That it, you know, they're another human being, and if it's not working out, like what you want is a professional working relationship. And I think a big part of that looks like being able to have a friendly conversation with them about what they had for dinner or what their favorite movie is or, you know, their favorite golf course to play on. I don't know what it is, but something along those lines, I think, is something that you want to take into consideration. Is this a pleasant person for me to have in my life? Yeah. It's a big part of it, you know? It's not all yeah. about uh, opportunities, especially if you are in this thing for the long haul. You know, I think a lot of us come at it from that mindset of like, I need my agent to get me work. Yeah, that's 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 sort of the, the baseline functional, um, you know, piece of the puzzle. You know, you're, well, actually, your agent is really more about negotiating the contracts and, and hopefully leveraging their relationships to help sort of get you on people's radars. But again, you're going to be doing a lot of uh, phone calls and back and forths and things like that with this person and money's going to be involved. You should like them. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah, should like yeah. you. This comes back to the emotional intelligence stuff, you know, vibing, vibing, Absolutely. vibing, vibing. Absolutely. And and I did with the, with the one guy who was my, my, what I call my champion there, I definitely uh, vibed with him. And uh, the other guys, eh, not so much. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, yeah, not, it wasn't a, I don't know, I guess it wasn't that big of a surprise when you take that into account. Yeah, and if it, if it's not, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh man, you know, I wish my agent relationship was like that. They don't even know I exist. You know, we don't have dinner together. We don't go to each other's barbecues. It's like, guess what? They're not the only agent in Los Angeles or in New York or in your market, wherever it is. There are hundreds to thousands to tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of agents looking for actors just <laughs> like you. It's like so fun. Like the perfect relationship is out there for you. Don't settle. Go find it. Be proactive and, and find it, man. Find it. That's your homework. It sounds like we just turned into a, a relationship podcast. I know. You're like, the perfect relationship is out there for you, man. Just go find it. Yeah. Huh. That's right. In uh, fact, for fifteen ninety five a month. True. Oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> you can join Inside Acting's new Make My Agent Match uh, matching service. Match.com. Oh, jeez. I bet oh, you man, there's somebody be, out there working on that. That would be an interesting service. Oh, my God. Patent that right now, dude. Possibly. Possibly. Uh, All right, guys. Oh, let's without, get into this yeah. interview before we get ourselves in trouble. <laughs> without any further ado, part three of our awesome Encore interview series with Tony Horton, P90X creator, creator himself. Enjoy this. We'll catch you on the other side. was like for you coming from uh, an experience that was it sounds like so rooted in uh not rooted in but the experience was just one of lack it sounds like and then shifting to one of so much abundance how has your hmm. how has your mindset uh shifted or adapted or what have you come to believe now about the way the world works or the universe if we want to get out there with it that you just didn't believe before well i had a i had a pretty long process you know, you look at you look at some folks that get that get fame and fortune early, and maybe they're not sort of mentally or emotionally really ready or prepared for it. It comes too soon, and so there's a greater likelihood for some folks like that to kind of blow it. Right? Mm. I didn't get my success till my 40s. I mean, mm. I had I grad I did you know I wasn't hand to mouth anymore. I wasn't doing mine with the peer anymore. I wasn't borrowing money from my parents anymore. I wasn't you know collecting twenty five dollars so I could eat Cheerio and yogurt anymore. That was stage one. I had the wherewithal to survive, and that was cool. And then the next stage was, you know, oh, a better gig, meeting new people, reading self-help books, going to the self-help seminars, you know, whether it be, really, you know, I went to seminars just for relationships, you know, how to be a decent man for, to a woman, you know what I mean? Getting my head out of my ass and not just chasing, you know, 
Chasing tail. Tail. Thank you. <laughs> tail was what we're looking for. And, you know, I mean, I, I grew up in the 70s and 80s, so there was a lot of that going on. And, and, and I was in Southern California, so this was kind of the way it was. And, I, you know, I just realized that doesn't serve me anymore. i got to grow up. You know, I, I've got to consume information uh, that allows me to be a better person, be a better actor, be a better performer, be a better trainer, no matter what, what it was. And this comes from a guy who was a crappy student. You know, I was a terrible student. But, I, you know, at some point you got to figure this crap out or it's just, it's just going to go downhill. And I didn't want to go downhill. I wanted to go uphill. I wanted to get better. I wanted to get smarter. I wanted a better life. I wanted, I wanted nice things. I wanted a nice car, not a broken down car. I wanted a decent home. These are things that I think almost everybody wants. But how do you get there without screwing it up so you lose it, right? Mm. And so it was a series of, of, it was stages, you know, it was that broke survival stage with a bunch of different gigs. And then there was that regular uh, job as a PA and, and training some people. So I had the PA thing and then the, the training thing. And then didn't have to do the PA thing anymore. Now I was pr- pr- pretty much a trainer. So that's like stage three. But now I'm a trainer performer where I, I've got gigs for, for uh you know, for this TV show and for Nordic track. And then from there, you know, everything was just in the right place. I mean, think of those different stages before I met Carl Deichler. So when I met Carl Deichler, sure, I was a little bit nervous that first time we did Great Body Guaranteed. It wasn't like I had so much experience that I just got in there and knocked it out, but I was young. So, Mm -hmm. but I had the look and I had the routines down. I knew how to create a routine and that was pretty easy. And the beautiful thing about, you know, about shooting DVDs, if you screw the first one up, you do it again. I'm not doing live theater here, you know. Mm And, and I was with the right people. I had really encouraging, smart, good producers, good directors who really liked what I did. And they said, hey, you know, try it this way. And I was always open to suggestion. I was never trying to think. I never thought that I had all the answers. That was another thing that really, really helped, me, helped for me. And a lot of it was luck. I mean, there were, there, I mean, for every 100 companies with ideas that are trying to sell something, 99 are gone and, and the 100th one doesn't survive 10 years. I mean, it's an f- absolute fruit, f- uh, uh, fluke, freak fluke, oh, whatever. What you those? can tell. I, man, I've been working all day. I I'm probably sound like I have the lowest energy in the world. But, I mean, um, and that's, uh, that's just the way it was. And so the, the next stage was I didn't have to be a, a personal trainer anymore. I didn't have to drive all over town. I, I could actually uh, keep doing, working with Beachbody. got a contract with them. And I still do side gigs, and I got these speaking speaking engagements. I had never done a, a speaking sh- really. Oh yeah, speaking engagements. I, I would say uh, you know a good portion of my uh, side income is. I mean, I did an event for Johnson and Johnson in, in Phoenix. I did an event at the Omega Center in upstate New York. I've been to thirty six military bases around the world. Motivational uh, speeches, mm-hmm. motivational. Yeah, they're motivational speeches. They're 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 based in health and wellness and fitness. Because you know you've got a lot, you got a huge fan base, and they want to know what you want to know right now. How did I get there? So usually when I get up on stage, I say, "Hey, look, you know, you see me up here. I'm pretty fit. I'm 55. I can do some pretty fun stuff. So I'll do a handstand and I'll do some crazy physical thing, and I'll say, and that's just fun and easy. I couldn't do it in my teens, my 20s, and my 30s. And let me tell you how I got there. Let me tell you how I continue to do this. And it's basically made up of of these. It depends on the length of the seminar, but it's either right. six things or eleven things, depending on how much time I have. If I have a, an hour, I make it six, and I stretch it out. If I have an hour and a half or whatever, ninety minutes, I do the whole eleven laws. <clears throat> and so people learn what I know in the course of an hour, an hour and a half. Um, you know, you need variety in your fitness. You need to be consistent because if you're not, you're not going to get better. You need you need uh, to have a certain amount of intensity to be outside your comfort zone because if you're in your comfort zone, you're going to stay where you are. You know, mm-hmm. if you keep thinking you can do the same things over and over to a different result, well, then you know you're going to get stuck. You need a plan. What's your plan? What is your plan? Because you can't wing it. I winged it for years, and I, you know, I was moving like a snail. Once I figured out what I wanted, and I stuck to my plan, then I, I, I was able to move forward. Who do I got to call? Who do I have to email? Who do I have to meet? How many, you know, how many new headshots do I have to get? You know, I, I, I got to get in the horn with my agent and just stop. I'm not going to wait for them to make to call me. You, I'm going to call you. What do you got for me today? And if they don't like that, well, screw them. Get a new agent. You know, there's agents every freaking 10, 10 feet in this town. You know, your agent isn't God. And I, I, I made that mistake. I had an agent just recently. I had him for, for five months. They had their shot. I go, you're done. You're done. Hmm. I'm not going to wait for you. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm trying to build my brand. My phone's supposed to be ringing. You're supposed to be so special. You ain't doing it. Let him go. I'm not going to tell you who it was. They know who they are. <laughs> Don't you? <laughs> you know. So I'm asking him after we stop recording. <laughs> I'll let you know. You know. So wow. so that's it. You know. I mean, there's a great expression. I don't know. Somebody told me I came up with with it was, uh, 
ask for what you want. Mm. Ask for what you want. 95% of the time you'll get it, and the 5% you don't means you weren't supposed to get it in the first place. Yeah. But, you know, I walk into a restaurant. What, what, I don't know, there's nothing on the menu. Do you have fruit back there? You got vegetables? You got some lean chicken? Put that in a plate. It's going to be extra. I don't give a damn. Put it on the plate. What's going to be? What's going to be like three dollars more? <gasps> you know what I mean? Right, right. You know, like with my with my with the people that I work with, and, and as an actor, too many actors are not working because Tom. How did Tom Cruise get to where he is? Who is he special? Is he is he acting royalty? No, he's a kid who wanted it so friggin' bad that he did everything, everything crazy outside of the box, and especially right now, every single actor. Uh, that has any you know creativity in the pinky of their finger. You got YouTube, you got Instagram, you got mm. you've got uh, Twitter, Facebook. You know what I mean? And there's there's a there's a movie camera inside your smartphone. Yeah. Get busy. Figure out how to use the damn thing. Be unique. Be special. And start putting stuff up. Make it. I mean, yeah. The, the whole gig I had all day today. This young comedian. He's got some great ideas. He surrounded himself with good people. And we shot these funny bits about how he created P90X, and I just, you know, he gave it all to You're me. You're just the, the um, front yeah. He piece. was my muse, you know. So without him, I'd be nothing. I'd still be living in a van down by the river, right? But with him, as uh, you know, and that was a funny idea, and I signed up for it. Do I get paid for this gig? No, not every gig is a paid gig. It's not supposed to be. I've been, to, like I said, I've been to 36 military bases around the world. I've done workouts at the Canadian Embassy, at the Pentagon, um, at, at schools and colleges, and a lot of them pay zero. Doesn't matter. That, what, what that is, those are rehearsals. Those are rehearsals for the gigs that when you do get paid, you can get up there and knock it out of the park. Wow. You do theater, you do friggin' mime at the goddamn pier at one in the morning so you can get your 25 bucks so you can feed your face with Cheerios and yogurt for the next three days. That's how you have to pay your dues. If you're sitting around waiting for people to give you the gig because you're so special, because you got an because you got a SAG card and an acting class, well, good. You can get line with the tens of thousands of other punks who aren't getting anywhere in this world. So if you've got talent, people will notice, but you've got to let them see it. You know? So that's, that's what I did. I just did it my way. I mean, it would have been great to be you know, a cross between Jim Carrey and Brad Pitt because I've got those skills. But it didn't work out that way for me. So I found my other passion. My other passion was helping people feel good, helping people lose mm. weight, helping people you know, get fit. And, and I got to control that. I didn't have to wait for the phone to ring. I have to wait for a casting director. I have to wait for my agent or my manager or, or, or somebody else. I made that happen. Hmm. And the beautiful thing is, you know, when you're in the service industry like that, and whether you're a masseuse or you're doing hair and nails or whatever the heck it is, everybody needs that stuff. And you know, everybody needs a trainer. Not everybody. Not You know, people need some way to lose weight. There's an obesity crisis. I mean, it was easy. I, you know, it was like, you know, fishing in a barrel. It was easy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and once you get one person fit, you know, a lot of people come to me, how do you start your career? Start training people for free. What? Mm-hmm. Just get, start a fit club, open up your garage door, move all your crap out of the way, put some mats on the ground and start beating people up. That's how you do it. If you're fit and you're funny and you got your own unique thing, then, uh, and then just say, Hey, look, let's do a two week trial. If not, here's the price, blah, blah, blah. I mean, are you happy being overweight? Are you happy eating crap? Do you want some solutions? I got them. Look at me. I can, I'll give you what I know. And people will, you know, that's what I did. Hmm. You know, I, the first workout was, Hey, let me come over. If you like what I do. Great. Boom. And I have them all prepay in advance. So what's the deal? You can prepay for eight. You can prepay for 10. You can prepay for 24. The more you prepay for, the more discount you get. You pay cash. Mm. <laughs> then I will always pay my taxes like I always have. And I will never not because that would be illegal. Right. So, right. We don't um, you know, whatever you did. You know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah. so, and it's the same thing with any gig. You know, with any, if you want to, so many people are unemployed and don't have to. They're just afraid to think outside of the box, you know. And that's that's what I did. That's really and so powerful. the final phase was developing fitness programs, and uh, and now I'm building my own brand, doing my own thing. You know, doing sunglasses and doing really? clothing and doing home. You know, Tony Horton Kitchen, which is I haven't home, seen home. that stuff. That's, well, dude, that's you got really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's, they're all they're all young fledgling businesses that don't have a lot of media behind them, but uh-huh. but they're holding their own. You know, and we're finding new ways. To, to get him to grow. Oh, that's great. I'll yeah. have to check that out. Yeah. It's cool because uh, so much of what we talk about in this podcast is the DIY aspect because there's never been a better time, I think, in history to be alive when you have all of this technology and all these opportunities to be, to be alive and be in America nonetheless, you know? Yeah. So it's so cool to hear um, your take on that and also hear that the message is do it for free because that's rehearsal for the times when you're when you're going to be getting paid for it. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I know we're running out of time, so I wanted to just uh, wrap up with a couple questions. Mm-hmm. And the first one is, I'm just dying to know. Somebody approaches you tomorrow and says, "Hey, we want you in our movie with A, B, and C movie stars." 
You'd do it, right? In a New York second. <laughs> All right. Without hesitation. I am waiting for it. I am waiting to see Tony Horton in a, well, in you know, a major there's been a, film. There's been a push. Now, I don't think I have enough Q Factor to get there just yet, but there's been a, some friends of mine that want to try to get me to host SNL. Which would be oh, a blast. Be oh my god! You know what that'd I mean? Be, that'd be amazing. You're you right, start, it would. You should, start, you should start a Facebook group. Didn't who, who did they get? They got somebody. It's there already is a Facebook. I think there's like eight people on it. But but uh, yeah. But you that would that would be a fun way start, to do it. Yeah, you start enough. You and, start and like today's today's swell. today's YouTube video with this young comic <clears> and, and and another pretty well known yeah. uh, internet guy. Uh, Mike Chang. So it was me, Mike, and this yeah, guy, six pack shortcuts. Yeah, six pack shortcuts. So yeah. the three of us got together. You know, I'm sort of the king of television fitness. Uh, Mike is the was the king of of, of uh, YouTube fitness, mm-hmm. and the whole line was for Christopher to be the sort of the king of radio fitness. You know what I mean? So that <laughs> was awesome. that was the Joe Hoke. I can't um, wait to see that. But it'd be fun to do that. You know, a friend of mine's written a script called Wild Bill. Uh, Ned Farr, who's the director of P90X, you know, Ned, and it's a funny, funny script, man. It's completely insane, where I play this sort of half-witted New Mexico state police, you know, uh, uh, CHP, not CHP, that'd be California, um, but highway patrolman. And, uh, you know, just sort of a Barney Fife guy, you know what I mean, with muscles, so there's sort of a weird oxymoron there. That'd be awesome. And, uh, you know, there's a bunch of guys, you know, who are bringing drugs in and heroin, and 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 all the local cops just... You know, just ignoring it, and they're just you know the local cops are all, all like Keystone cops too, but I, but I know there's something up, and I just I solve the problem and I get the girl. It's a pretty pretty neat script. So it's so, like Super Troopers kind of, but yeah, but, yeah, but yeah, the, yeah. But sort of a sort of a, a there's a little drama aspect to it. You know what I mean as mm. well. So it's not complete silliness. And no, so cool. you know it's it's a, needs about a two million dollar budget. So uh, I think it'd be a fun thing to do. I hope to do it one day before I get too damn old. You know. Yeah. Well, I sense the tipping point is nigh. I think I think between the thing you were shooting today and you know inside acting, so yeah, I think yeah, we're there. Totally. Yeah. Um, so I love, I love it. I mean, today was funny. It was all improvisational, right? It was all just, uh, uh, but it was really fun to fake cry and to fake laugh and to come up with silly moves and and to react to him, you know, doing his thing without looking like you know. It was just really good to go there again. You know, yeah. and, uh, it was fun. That is so cool. I, I can't wait to see it. Uh, so we have two questions we like to wrap up with every guest with. Okay. Uh, and we love asking them because we always get really fascinating answers. So the first one is, do, and I think you know, I think you've, you've answered this, but I'd be curious to hear what you're going to say anyway. Do you think this this career, and when I say career, I mean your fitness work, did this choose you or did you choose it? Oh boy. Hmm. Did I choose it or did it choose me? Oh, I, I would say, and I would imagine that most people's answers would be similar. It was a combination of those two things. Yeah, hmm. it was just a, it was a serendipitous indeed. You know, a lot of luck. But what is luck? Luck is our opportunity meeting readiness, right? So, mm-hmm. opportunity was there. I was ready. Um, it presented itself, and so all I had to do was say yes. I could have said no. I could have pr- turned things down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, can you imagine Tom Petty calls you to train him? Probably some guys would have come up with some excuse that they weren't ready because they were nervous it's a celebrity I don't want to do you know right. I just jump in you know I mean I, I was I think for a lot of years I was scared uh, often but um, you know I'm, I'm always fighting the desire to say no <laughs> you know I always am it's all the time like this this today's podcast I'm, I'm I gotta be in a I gotta get up yeah I'm leaving yeah. tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. I haven't packed yet that makes me a little nervous, but but I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll get. I'll throw some crap in a bag. You know what I mean? Or this thing I did today. It would have been nice to have a day off because I don't. You know, I'm not getting paid for either one of these things. But I understand how important they are. You know what I mean? And that's what I kept doing all the way through. I just kept on showing up. I kept on showing mm-hmm. up. You know, Woody Allen. I don't know if he he's he's uh, gets the credit for saying eighty percent of life is showing up. You know, mm-hmm. and I think the other twenty percent is making sure that you're paying attention when you're there. Yeah. You know, and so. So I, I chose it because it was easy to move forward into it. It wasn't, like, it wasn't like I was banging my head all the way in. And it chose me because I, I had the skill level to be able to help people. So, you know, Billy Idol chose me. Tom Petty chose me. Annie Lennox chose me. Sean Connery chose me. These people could have picked other trainers, but they picked me. So, you know, it just, it, you know, the, this, the, the TV shows that I got, the jobs at Nordic they all came to me. You know what I mean? I mean, I had to go out audition, right? But why would you not? Mm. There's a job. There's some money. You got bills to pay. You go. Yeah. And, uh, 
Not in 10 trillion years did I think I'd end up in this position where I ended up being, you know, a fitness icon or whatever you want to call me, a guru. But, but I'm here, huh. and it's it's a blast. I mean, honestly, my life is is so 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 much better than I thought it would ever turn out to be. And I've got my hard days, man. I've got my I've got this two week schedule. I'm going to Long Island. I'm going to New York. I'm shooting every day in New York. I'm doing interviews. I'm meeting with the, you know the head of uh, the NFL's Player Association to maybe create a pro- program for the retired NFL players that are really struggling, meeting with the Army Reservist wow. General, you know. It's just all this stuff is... Not, there's no money here yet. There's no income here, but you've got to go through all this development stuff. And uh, and that's it, you know. I don't know, that's sort of a long-winded answer, but that's, that's the answer. That's awesome. Yeah, the second question is, if you could take everything that you've learned... All of your, you know, and all of your experience and everything that you've, uh, you know, read or experienced or gone through or learned, whether it's, you know, in your business practice and your acting practice and your acting classes and your, you know, what you've learned about fitness, what you've learned from the people that you've trained and boil it all down to one nugget of advice. Like, what is your one nugget of advice to, to others? Like the legacy that you want to leave, like. What would be that that nugget of advice? You know, I don't want to sound cliche, but there's certain um, themes that happen in in everybody's life. You look at somebody like Elon Musk. Elon Musk, you know, he's got his own car company, and not too many people have been able to pull that off. He's got his own spaceship company. You know, or you look at you look at Bill Gates, or you look at uh, Brad Pitt, or in our you know in this business. You know, who was Brad Pitt before that? You know, um, the first movie he was in Thelma and Louise, right? I mean, he was just a young kid, but sure, he was good looking. Sure, he had a certain style. But I would say the one the one thing, and like I said, I don't want to sound cliche, is what is it about you that makes you, you know, really authentic? That makes you stand out. You know, I had a friend of mine, this young kid, who was. Uh, um, you know, he did P90X, Total Stranger. I met him at the beach. He started working out with me. Um, he, he was a little bit on the shy side. and uh, But he got in great shape. And he just listened to what, what I was doing. And he would just beg, borrow, and steal all of it. You know what I mean? Not not to become a, 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 a DVD workout guy. Just because he loved getting better. He loved improving. He loved the whole process of getting super fit. And I liked him. He had, you know, he was just down to earth. He didn't, you know, he he was had a great personality. He wasn't in your face. It was just something where I went, hey man, you got to come and work out with me, you know, a little bit here. And all he did was, he, you know, he he used me as a mentor, not not on purpose. He didn't say to me, hey, I want to, I want you to be my mentor. Can you show me the way? <clears throat> um, but that's really what it comes down to. It really comes down to making sure that you surround yourself with people who are kicking ass, because you know you are the five people you hang around the most. Mm-hmm. Right? And everybody's sitting around the couch watching TV, smoking crack. Chances are you're gonna. You're not going to be a rocket scientist, you know what I mean? <clears throat> so, you know, uh, the one takeaway here is, and you know, and the, and the point of that story was, now he's got a company that's come to him and wants him to do what he, what he, what I do, you know, in a different format, you know, through through uh, the internet and through YouTube and whatnot. Um, and I fully support that. I mean, I, you know, so the people say, well, "Don't you look at it as comp- competition?" No. Why wouldn't I? Want him to succeed? Why wouldn't I want a friend of mine to do really well? There are a lot of people in this country that are still st- struggling and still overweight and still need help, and I can't do it myself. But more people are going to run into him, see his style, see what he does. And so he was a out of shape kid who bought a program off of TV, and now he's going to have his own web web thing, you know. And that could develop into anything. It could develop into a TV show. It could develop into a, you know his own workout DVDs. Who knows what it'll develop in, into? And it's because he was humble. And and because he was, you know, he did more listening than he did talking, and he found himself a mentor that helped him help him progress. So you know, for the act, young actors and actresses out there, um, you know, don't be afraid to work for free. That's just rehearsal, man, to make you better. And mm-hmm. don't and, and find some people in your life uh, that are doing it right, and uh, and find a way to ask for their help. <clears throat> And a lot of times they're going to turn you down because really successful people, they're busy, they're crazy, they got their own thing going on, and you're going to get a lot of no's. But, uh, you know, I mean, you guys asked. Here you are. You're in my house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I said, ask for what you want. 95% of the time you'll get it, and the other 5% you weren't yeah. supposed to have it in the first place. So, uh, 
Yeah. Wow. You wow. You know, Tony, I have to say, um, uh, one of the things that I really uh, admire about you <clears throat> is my hair. Is your my dashing, fabulous, flowing, gorgeous? Your, I do not dye it, and if somebody brings that up again, I will go to your home and beat you. I was going to say color on my freaking hair. I was going to say your, your my balls. I was going to say your calves, but no. You know, my uh, my my. <clears throat> My stepmom passed away a few years ago, and at the service, everybody said, everybody who got up and spoke said, you know, the one, th- the really wonderful thing about her is that she always had time for people. Mm. You never, ever felt like you were rushing her or that she had somewhere more important to be or anything like that. And uh, that really stuck with me, and it was, it was a, a really special part of her. And through the videos that I've seen of you know, YouTube clips and things, interviews with you and things like that. I've always gotten that sense about you, but it's really wonderful to sit down in your home and, uh, you know, for an hour and a half, we've been chatting hour and a half plus and you, and you haven't once, it's just really wonderful to, I haven't once looked it up at that clock. clock. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. I have no idea that it says eight forty two. Well, you know, it just, it's just really wonderful. (laughs) And I think I, I wanted to say it here on the show because I want people to, um, get that I think that that's a really huge part of success as well and of living a good fulfilling life you know no matter what your calling is and it, it uh it's definitely pretty awesome and it's something it's a big thing that I had that I had been taking from just kind of following your career kind of on the periphery but now sitting across from you I'm definitely taking it in a much more tangible way so thank you for that my pleasure yeah you know and, and just to finish I think the ultimate goal here is to be happy you know it's in the constitution mm. the pursuit of happiness and uh and so, you know, notice when you're stressed out. Notice when you're, you, you feel like you're, you know, you're not really present. You're not really in the moment. Um, because, I mean, life is too damn short, man. I can't believe I'm 55. I'm going to be 95 in 15 minutes, you know. So while I'm here at 55, I'm with you guys. I'm about this. I'm about helping people. That's fun for me. That's inspiring for me as well. Because I know there might be a nugget or two in here that they're gonna, people are going to take away and go, you know what? 80% of what he said was crap, but I'm telling you, man, that 20%, that's magic for me. So mm. so that's what it's about. And, and I'm very fortunate. I mean, you know what it's like to have somebody come to your house and ask you about you? I mean, that's, you know, it's, everybody wants that, that moment. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and, and hopefully half the things that I've said have been able to help people. And, and, and that's, uh, I mean, whatever. I, I, it's uh, get to bed, get up, I can sleep on the plane. You know, I just know that this is going to help some folks. And as a young actor, I really struggled, and I didn't have this information. Mm. Well, at that age, didn't have it. You know what I mean? So you don't have to. I don't have to be standing in front of you to get it. You know, we've got this modern technology that allows us to be able to communicate with lots of people in a brand new, exciting way. And uh, and that's that's a good thing. That's a cool thing. And so that, like you said earlier in, in our conversation, there's so many means and ways in which to help people. And uh, I'm just glad you guys were able to be here tonight. And I want to thank you for you know for having me on, and uh, and I want to thank all our folks that are listening in, and and, uh, and you know just keep plugging away, man. You know, do it. Find out if you love acting, great. Find that other thing. What's that other thing? Because the two of them might come together to create another career, or you might be able to drift from one to the other. But either way, your goal here is to be able to do something that you have a lot of love for, a lot of passion for. Wow, awesome. All right. Well, that's it then. (laughs) There's no other way to go out on that. Thanks again, Tony. Really appreciate your time. Hey, folks. Welcome back. Um, Hope you enjoyed listening to Tony's interview series again, uh, or for the first time, if you've never heard it before. I know I did, uh, Trevor. I, I didn't mention this before, but I, I listened. Of course, I caught up on my own podcast um, uh, the last couple of episodes. And man, not only was I digging, um, <clears throat> you know, the bookends and the stuff that, that uh, you were talking about, but I was really digging the um, the interview series again. And, and I just I had forgotten. You know, it's 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 uh, we've talked about this before when we do these Redux interviews. You have a whole new set of, or I have a whole new set of contexts with which I listened to the interview, and uh, it was great to have, you know, today's AJ listening to uh, this interview from from, gosh, how long ago was it now? Three years, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, this was before P90X3 came out, so um, 
yeah, this was like 2013. Yeah, so three and a half years or something. So, so, so today's AJ was listening to with a whole new set of ears than three and a half years ago. AJ and um, it was it was really great. I was digging and I had a big smile on my face the whole time and was really inspired by by him uh, again because I was inspired back then too. So. Um, thanks for uh, for bringing it out of the vault there, buddy old pal. I, I, I have a few interviews, uh, I would say probably about 10 or so, 10 or 12, that I um, am so excited to just re-listen to, re like sort of reintroduce on the podcast because of what you just described, being able to listen to them again through new sets of ears. Because we were different people than we were when a lot of these interviews were done. Um, yeah. And so you get to, it's like watching a movie again that you really enjoyed. You pick up little things you missed the first time around and everything makes so much more sense. Yeah. And when it comes or to. it speaks to you differently. Yeah. You, know, you relate yeah. to it in a different way because it's like, oh, I've had, you know, now I relate to this movie about, I don't know, loss differently than I did because now I've experienced that type of loss or something yeah. like that. You just relate to it differently. Um, yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, fill in the blank, anything, right? It could be an interview on a podcast, or it could be a film, or an album, or a piece of a piece of artwork, a painting. It could be a, a meal. I mean, I, I can't even tell you how many times I've tried meals like dishes that I've hated in the past, and all of a sudden I'm like, okay, what's different about this? Nothing's different, Trevor, except you. <laughs> like all of a sudden, it's it's better or worse, and so you know we change, and I think it's important to obviously look forward, but to make room in our life lives for um uh information that we may have missed the first time around to, to come back yeah. and, and uh make yeah. itself known and if you're listening to this interview series again you're in the right place at the right time there are no accidents what did you learn that you didn't the first time Ooh, i like it homework <laughs> what is your pick of the week my friend so this is a redux pick of the week as well uh, but they just updated it. It's called Inbox Pause. You can see it uh, online. Install it in your Chrome web browser at inboxpause.com. So I talked about this many, many episodes ago, but it's a plugin for Gmail. So this is for the Gmail power users out there. Uh, if you are like me and you have recently recognized that email is largely a time suck, a, a what they would call a shallow activity, you guys heard me sort of go off in a very loving way about uh, the book Deep Work by Cal Newport last episode. So I've been looking at all my online activities, in fact, all my work altogether through this new lens of like, what is a high leverage activity that's that's returning a lot of value to my life that is, that is uh, you know, taking me more quickly towards creating something of substance in the world and in my life. And then what's not, what feels productive and feels valuable, but actually isn't. And email actually is uh, one of those things that falls into the latter category. I timed myself recently and I spend uh, between 30 and 90 minutes processing email every freaking day. Yeah. Uh, and most of it's reading like bullshit newsletters that are interesting, that are sort of titillating to the sort of shallower parts of my mind, you know, catchy headlines and things like that. Like today I was, I caught myself reading about, uh, you know, the Russian the newest sort of evidence mounting that shows the Russians interfered with the U S presidential election. And I, I got sucked in and I was starting to really research it. And then I was like, okay, Trevor, Trevor, hold on, hold on. <laughs> like how essential is this information to, uh, the legacy you want to leave in the world? Um, the work you're doing right now, like how, how you're paying your rent, you know, your current state of mind, your state of being the relationships that are important to you. Is this informing any of those and frankly, it wasn't. I mean, it's one thing to be an informed citizen. It's another to be a news junkie. And so uh. I decided to uh, unsubscribe from that newsletter and reclaim my time, the time I was investing in that. So anyway, let me get back to my pick of the week. Inbox Pause. It's a plugin that allows you to hit the pause button on incoming email. So you can essentially, uh, if you're in your inbox and you're processing your email, you're deleting things, you're replying to things. Uh, nothing derails you faster than having new messages keep flowing in as you're processing. So this allows you to pause those messages coming in and collect them in a separate label or folder and then release them to your inbox at a predetermined time, like 11 a.m., say, or 4 p.m., say. So you can sort of process your your inbox in peace and not just keep getting <laughs> onslaughts of new messages. Process your inbox in peace from more inbox. Yeah, and then you can check it later yeah. when you know that the sort of latest batch of emails will be sort of, you know, dropped into your inbox. So 
I think it's a really valuable plugin just from a, a sanity perspective. So uh, it's the the two part lesson here is unsubscribe and and weed out all the low value stuff in your inbox first, and then secondly, use something like Inbox Pause to sort of stem the flow, so you don't end up wasting hours of your life, week, day, in uh, in email land. Email That's land. It. Yeah, Inbox Pause dot com. We've both uh, picked Unroll.me as our pick of the week in the past. Yeah, yeah that's so a good one too. Yeah. Definitely recommend that to, to do the uh, unscribing bit. Yeah, yeah. So, For uh, sure. Tell us about your pick of the week. So my pick of the week is a book called Dark Nights of the Soul by Thomas Moore. That's nights without a K, so this is not a fiction. Um, it is uh, – <clears throat> you know, it reminds me a little bit of um, – Victor Frankl's uh, Man's Search for Meaning, um, in that, you know, that whole book was about, you know, how we interpret the events in our lives and how our interpretation is what really matters. Um, but while that was a very specific example, this book takes a look at the journey through a dark period or dark night of the soul in one's life. Um, and <clears throat> looks at multiple examples, uh, first of all, and second of all, looks at um, the tools and ways of being and things that that will allow you to mine those times for meaning, um, really flipping it on its head because the way that Western society sort of deals with these uh, prolonged periods of what is usually a profound change or profound transformation accompanied by potentially some negative emotion is we immediately want to label it usually with depression. Then we want to medicate it. Um, and we want to talk about it as if it was an obstacle to one's happiness as opposed to reframing it as a, as I said, a transformative experience that can take us from one level, one way of being to, to a completely transformed new level, new way of being. Um, and I'm only a third of the way in and I am, it is one of the most important reads of my life. Like I can't, I can't think of another book that has had more of an impact on the way that I look at, um, what I'm going through right now and the, the sort of dark periods in one's life, um, than this book. Um, and Trevor, if this has not been on your reading list or you have not, um, uh, read this one before, uh, first of all, I'm surprised cause I feel like Trevor's read every book on the planet. And second <laughs> of all, uh, I definitely, I definitely recommend it because I know just from being your best friend and, 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 and knowing you for as long as I have, you've had these dark nights of the soul. And <clears throat> I think it would be really supportive for everyone, um, because we all go through this to have something like this. And um, the guy who wrote it, Thomas More, is not a uh, – he's not an actor and I don't think he's really an artist in the – like that's his profession. He's a, I think he's a therapist. But he's an artist in the big magic way mm-hmm. in that like he understands that in order – like one of the things that we get to do is create and create art and create imagery for ourselves to um, give – uh, the, the, what we're going through, some kind of concreteness, some, some imagery, something to sort of hold on to, uh, to support us in, in, uh, expressing it, if not understanding it. Mm. Um, so it's been, like I said, I'm only a third of the way through and it is, um, <clears throat> it is turning me inside out, uh, flipping everything on its head, blowing my mind. Uh, so I definitely, definitely recommend it. I, it is what I will be doing when we are done recording tonight. I'll be going back for more. I'll be diving back in to, to continue reading through it. So Dark Nights of the Soul by Thomas More. Wow. Yeah, I, I have heard of this book, but it hasn't been on my list. So it is now. Um, wow. So links to uh, Inbox Pause and Dark Nights of the Soul <clears throat> on our website. Next week, we've got our 2016 review episode. This is the final episode of 2016 before we head into 2017. So we're going to take a look back at our years individually, uh, what we declared at the beginning of 2016, take a look at where we are now, 
and um, sort of acknowledge some of the the, the um, lessons learned, and uh, and share sort of you know what's next, what where we're headed with this sort of new awareness. And I, I for one, am very very excited. I feel more clear about my life and who I am and where I'm headed right now than I think I ever have in my entire adult life. So uh, I'm very excited to share a lot of things next week, um, just from my own journey, but also to sort of presence uh, some of the lessons I've learned. And um, I know that um, you're going to have a lot of great nuggets to share as well, AJ. So make sure you guys tune in and don't miss our final episode of 2016, the 2016 review episode coming next week. All right. Today's episode of Inside Acting was produced and co-hosted by yours truly, AJ Meyer, and of course, Trevor Alget. Jen Levin is our production coordinator. Kadali Guberick is our marketing and web director. And Deborah Smith is our community manager. Editing help this week comes from Christopher Gray. Thanks again, Chris. And our logo was designed by Fern Lim. You can sign up for our weekly email dispatch and listen to all of our recent episodes at our website, InsideActing.net. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes. And if you do nothing else, a nice review on iTunes would be a really great way to sort of uh, give us a high five on the internet there. It's a little bit like putting a tip in our tip jar, helps other people discover the show as well, and it just feels really nice as two guys who sink a, a lot of time and energy into to putting something out into the world. Um, it's great to hear that uh, people enjoy it. So a public-facing review on iTunes that is a nice one. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> So many stipulations for our love. I know. Uh, so conditional. It's completely conditional. <laughs> um, special thanks to our sponsors. Hey, here's another way to uh, <clears throat> to our heart is give us money. Special thanks to our sponsors, Rehearsal Pro and Viotogogo.com. And thanks to you, our listeners. You can support the show in other ways, uh, in addition to an iTunes review, a nice iTunes review, as Trevor put it, um, with a financial contribution, uh, retweets, and kind uh, public words. And by subscribing to our newsletter, just visit InsideActing.net to get started. A big thank you to all of you who have supported the show uh, so far. And a big thank you to those of you who are considering doing so. You can make a one-time, no-strings-attached, tax-deductible contribution to support the podcast via PayPal, Square, or Venmo. Just visit InsideActing.net slash contribute. Or you can sign up as a member for $7 a month and get access to our private member message board, invites to exclusive events, Fun freebies, special bonus content, so much more. Just visit InsideActing.net and click on the membership tab. Can I just say how ex- how excited I am for the uh, the Artist Way group? That um, oh, and speaking of uh, Grace, just a shout out to her. Um, <clears throat> she reached out to me and and basically said I miss you and I hope everything's okay because mm. I, I hadn't been on the, the show in a while. So thank you for that, Grace. But she will she will be leading. The uh, the group, right? The um, yeah. artist way group. Yeah. So I heard that on uh, the last episode or episode before, and I got so like juiced. I was like, "Yes, let's do this again." I yeah, love it. I'm excited. I'm going to jump back in. I like I said, I just finished. Uh, I said this recently in the podcast. I just finished uh, a round of the artist way, and I I'm excited to actually do it again. I really am. I got so much out of it. So looking forward to that. That does it for episode 260 of Inside Acting. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week for our 2016 review episode. But in the meantime, vibe. Vibe.